T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. We've heard so much about you. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. Halfway home on this Wednesday evening. 404-741-0929. That, of course, is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 92.9, on the game. At JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. Um, week one is uh, finally here. First in pod. Uh, who the hell is this? Bull Morgan and Dylan Matthews dive deep. Hold on. Hold on. Hold up. We'll get to Kirby Smart in here in just a minute. Hold up. What is this? I got me and Bo got a podcast. Hell, you don't work on my show. <laughs> the hell you got time to do a podcast? You don't come in here and produce. I do it in the mornings. Oh, my God. We record in the mornings, and I post it right after that. And there you go. Oh, my God. Check out Peace Street Football, everybody, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. I'll finish the read for you, Chuck. <laughs> Let me guess. This will be Monday through Friday, huh? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday? That's when that's we're posting. Three, that, that's two and a half more days than I see you around here. <laughs> I, yesterday, I saw you. You're here. We're talking and all this and the other. And then you're gone. And Day-Day's here. I'm like, are you producing? You didn't yeah. know Day-Day was producing yesterday? I have no idea. Yeah, he what was. What was yesterday? Tuesday. Okay. Did you have Monday off? Uh, yeah, we, Labor Day. Right. Yeah. Okay. Nobody worked, right? Nope. Was it back to work yesterday? I uh, for, for some, some people. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Now that the football season has started, Chuck, I get Mondays and Tuesdays off usually. So they asked work me work Wednesday through Sunday. So they asked me to reach out to a few former employees because we're getting ready to have our tenth anniversary party and stuff like that. Right. I think we're going to do stuff with some of the listeners, right? Aren't the yeah. listeners going to be invited and all that kind of stuff? Uh huh. So. <clears throat> I got a few people that they wanted me to reach out to. One of them's Kelly Kitchens. I'm going to have to call him and see if he can come in and hang out for a few days producing. He used to produce here, and he did a bunch of my bunch of stuff with me, like Kelly. He's a good dude. He, he lives in Birmingham, I think, still. Get up, Matt Ryan. He was, uh, yeah, he's going to be here. I'll try to get him to come in and produce for a few days. Robbie <laughs> will be here probably. I'll try to get him to produce. I, I mean, I, I, hell, I better get me a backup plan at this point because I got podcasts, and I got guys doing this, and I got soccer, and I got this, that, and the other. <laughs> And then I see you here, and we go and have a meeting. We had a show meeting, yeah. right, with my Conti and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. then, like, you're gone, and I and Day Day's here, and I'm like, oh, yeah. hey, what's going on, man? I'm like, uh, and he's sitting, you know, at the thing there. And I'm like, right. are you producing, or wasn't Day Day just here? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, or Dylan just here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you? He's like, yeah, I think I'm producing. Yeah, <sighs> mm-hmm. he was right. 
Yep. I, I was being a team player. I came in on my off day to the meeting and did the meeting and then, you know, chopped it up with you guys for a little bit and then I, you know, went about my went about my day. That's a team player right there. I came in on my off day. I'm a team player. Oh, Kirby Smart joined the steakhouse earlier today. Steak and uh, Rusty Manziel hanging out with him today. And uh, they start off by asking him, how do you temper emotions and excitement after that dominating performance over Oregon? Well, you just watch the tape. You know, you, the tape is always the one that, that tells you the truth. There's been an old adage in high school football forever, the big eye in the sky doesn't lie. And when you watch the tape, you see a lot of uh, mistakes. And, and we got some breaks, and uh, we had some very fortunate turnovers. Um, even our opening drive on offense that, that seemed great and scored, we had – bunch of mistakes on there so it's just things you can clean up and uh, I didn't know that then but I knew it after watching the tape well I watch the tape I see seven straight touchdowns and seven straight possessions so I guess I'm watching not as closely as you are right that, that's the issue right that's the issue that's, you. <laughs> that's you're, what you're I watching see. the tv I'm watching the, I'm watching the real tape I'm all right the, you can do slow-mo and rewind Kirby Smart with us on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Coach Malachi Starks, young man I've covered for a long time out of Jefferson High School. Obviously, you start hearing some buzz about him having a pretty good fall camp. This is a kid you recruited, big-time prospect out of high school. That interception tells the people this guy's kind of different. What have you seen early on? And for you to have confidence to put that guy in the game that early, where are your thoughts on that player? Well, he did a tremendous job in the spring. People go back and, and, you know, spring he was probably swimming like a true freshman. And by fall camp, he was, you know, uh, a spring of a freshman guy's year usually. He's coming into that that first spring, which typical kids used to come to school in the fall and struggle. And then they go to the spring, they get some confidence. Well, his his spring was really in the fall. And uh, he, he caught up to speed pretty quick. And he was very diligent in his meeting time and, and bought into the fact he had to learn what to do uh, more than just be a great athlete. And uh, he's done a good job managing that. Now, you know, the next management becomes, does he understand that you have to do it every day at this level? And he's got to have some some practices this week that that allow us to be successful with him now. And he's done that so far. That was a spectacular interception as a guy that played back there in that position. How difficult is it? to run at that speed, adjust, ball in the air. I mean, that was just a, a, a special play, was it not? Yeah, he's a, he's a special athlete. I haven't watched him play basketball and do things. He actually you know, he turned one way, he turned the other way, and then he was falling down with the receiver and was able to come up with it. It was pretty incredible, the, the, the twists and turns he made to adjust to the ball. And um, that's, that's one of those things that when you get really good, talented players – they can they can wow you like that. And the, the great ones stay humble with it and continue to get better. Kirby Smart with us on the Steakhouse on Sports Radio 92.9 in the game. Why did you mention after the game in the interview that if you were a kid watching that you'd like to be a part of the Georgia offense? I kind of know, but elaborate on that a little bit, especially for a program that sometimes was said, you know, they're not ready to open it up or, you know, it's a running mindset. Um, you made a point of mentioning the offensive weapons and what you and Todd Munkin – came out and did on Saturday? Well, it, number one, it gives your skill a showcase to get on the perimeter and do some things with the ball. you got to be um, elite blocking on the perimeter to be able to do some of those plays. And the tighter the space and coverage, sometimes those plays are, are much tougher and you have to get more vertical and less horizontal. But our guys bought into that in the off season and really during camp of, you know, how can we – spread the ball around, get it to more people, um, 
kids are the people that can make people miss and, and, and are dangerous. And the tight ends bought into that. You know, a tight end's catch is just as valuable as a tight end's block on the perimeter to spring somebody else. And I thought those guys did a great job. Oh, Brock, Brock Bowers had a downfield block. Uh, Rusty, you saw that too. Oh, that yeah. He just, I mean, that was one of the second or third touchdown that was just perfect driving, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does a great job. That He and Darnell, they both own that. Yeah, that was impressive. Coach, I've heard you talk about Marcel Darius at a coaching clinic a few years ago as one of the most dominant players you've ever been around, former defensive lineman Alabama, high draft pick Buffalo Bills. Can you kind of compare him to Jalen Carter to him? Is there any comparison there? And, you know, Jalen Carter getting a lot of talk, maybe a top five potential NFL draft pick. What, what's your kind of thoughts on Jalen Carter as a player? Yeah, Jalen, when he makes his mind up to do something, he's he he has uh, a freakish natural ability. He uh, is one of the most quickest twitch. It's like a it's like a, a Mike linebacker or a really good athletic inside linebacker playing with his hand down, because he can make movements and twist and suddenness. Uh, we call it uh, body quickness. He he has twitch, and when you have that, you know most linemen can't recover to that suddenness and quickness that he possesses. Uh, Marcel was probably bigger and heavier, could play more nose and anchor, where uh, Jalen could go out and play end, five technique, four I, three. You know, he, he can play the full gamut because he's a really good athlete. Kirby Smart with us on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. I liked a lot of what you said in the offseason and in camp, but I thought the most telling was covering the Braves in Georgia as we are now. The difference with you guys, I felt like, is – that group hasn't accomplished anything, and I say anything with quotations, in the sense that that whole defense has got turned over. They have NFL aspirations. They weren't on the field as much as the guys who won the national title. Everybody in your program has something to prove. Does that make it easier than, say, when you talk to Brian Snicker, I know you have, about a team that brings back a lot of professional athletes that have accomplished something and were a part of it? Yeah, I don't know that easier is the right word. It makes yeah. it different. You know, I, 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 I certainly, you know, if you ask me, would it have been easier to take the guys that won it last year and win it this year with those 15 draft picks? Yeah. I, I don't know that it would have been uh, easier. It would have been different. Um, certainly the talent level would be there. You'd be a lot more uh, – uh, particular about your motivation tactics right. and, and making sure they stayed hungry. You know, the, the, the hungry part has not been what's hard for us. We, we, we have a team that's hungry. They didn't, a lot of these guys didn't accomplish those goals. The fan base uh, did, you know, the coaching staff for the most part right. did, but a lot of those guys are gone. So for right. us, it's just been about, you know, trying to stay hungry and get the guys in the right, right frame of mind and let the leaders lead and kind of show the others the way. Why do you love the coaching staff so much? You keep talking about it, but about the energy and the camaraderie. You said it's different maybe than any staff you've ever had. Well, I, I don't know. That's a that's a, a connection. It's, it's like a uh, it's something you can't always put a finger on or a reason why. There's not just like one one reason why. I think it's a good collection. I thought we did some some really good things to make additions in the off season. Some guys that uh, that coached at Georgia before, some guys that played at Georgia before. That, that I mean, it's been a a really good buy-in and, and guys kind of know their role and know their purpose. I'm not saying it wasn't like that before. I just I like where it's at. Coach, every December the rumors start. Coaches going here, assistant coaches going here, those types of things. I tell people this. If Kirby Smart's hiring the right people, he's going to have turnover. How satisfying is it to you to see Sam Pittman, Mel Tucker, Dan Lanning, these guys with you that are now head coaches? I know that's a big deal for you, but I say that every year if you're hiring the right people there's going to be turnover 
yeah, that's that, that's the constant. The only, the only thing you know for sure is that change is inevitable, and that's going to happen if you're successful. It also happens if you fail because they'll get rid of you. But uh, we've been pretty successful at having coaches. We've got a string of support staff members, not to not to even talk about the guys you mentioned. We must have 20 or 30 guys who've worked as sure. quality control, student assistants, GAs that have gone on to full-time jobs. And uh, that, that probably makes – me more proud than than even the head coaches because a lot of those head coaches were established before they worked with us one quick minute left with kirby smart maybe it's a dumb question is there a point though when your buddy dan lanning's down 49 to 3 on the other sideline and it's early in the fourth quarter that you feel bad for him <laughs> is there a moment? Uh, my focus was on our guys i mean i really i mean my focus was on like how how do we get our guys going like what players need to play right who's who's got to get out there uh it, it never crossed my mind about about that not that's not maybe after that either yeah well you seem sympathetic yeah, to him after for sure all right let me ask you real quick about watching some film because there's one guy in particular we've watched the film rusty a little bit right <laughs> yeah. a kid named andrew smart who a lot of uh airtime <laughs> right I, you know he's got the leather helmet going he's in that post-game interview off to the side so Tell us about his role because he's getting a lot of airtime lately. Well, he needs to work on his ball security. He had a game yesterday, and his uh, ball security is not up to standard of what we expect at, at the house. So um, that's that's probably the most glaring thing that shows up. But uh, have you seen? He loves him? the sport and he loves playing. Yeah. Well, he was all over the broadcast at the end there, uh, running around having fun. So he seems like a young man. I know you got your three kids, but. He seems like he's enjoying every minute of being around you and the team. It must be special for you as a dad to have him. And I love that cut of him. Do you see him with the leather helmet walking walking towards the locker room? That was funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. He, he he enjoys it. He likes being around the players. I don't think sometimes he realizes uh, what he's doing, but he will when he gets older and he looks back at those pictures. Yeah, great stuff. Well, congratulations. Hey, did you really have a worst practice of the year yesterday? Was that kind of contrived as we kind of saw that one coming? No, we didn't have a very good practice. I mean, we've had we've had really good practices. That's the problem. So for it to be the worst, it doesn't have to be terrible. It just right. wasn't as good as the others. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for uh, spending some time. Congratulations. It's great to be back in the air and be able to talk to you. And, and I look forward to seeing you in Athens and hopefully the start of another great run. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good show. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back out of the John Chuckery Show. 921, live in the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site catches on the go. Social media at 9 on the game at JMCH316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. Hey, uh, first two weeks of college football are in the books. We're ready for the NFL. The, uh, what the hell is this thing called? The Cash the Ticket podcast. Mike Valenti and Jim Costa get you ready for the weekend of football. Download the new podcast for free on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast from. Um, this is a crappy story. Have, are, are, have you ever heard the tomb? Have you, er, have you ever, if I could speak, have you ever heard the tomb term algae bloom? No. Oh, well, kind of, but vaguely. So, <clears throat> bays and waterways and different things like that can uh-huh. get this algae bloom. And unfortunately, it, it has a devastating effect. Like a few years ago when I was down in Florida to see my folks and, you know, on the ocean, on the beaches of, of um, Fort Myers, yeah. there was algae bloom. And it was because of different stuff that was dumped in the river that runs out in the ocean. And what it ends up doing is it kills a lot of fish and things like that. Oh, no. So they're having that problem in the San Francisco Bay now, that fish are dying, and it's turned out that they have algae. And by the way, if you swim in waters with algae bloom, you can get rashes and different things on you, oh, on your skin. and so It's not good at all. Dang. So guess what's happening? What's happening? The Some of the, some of the wastewater that's being treated— so basically, your sewage, your poop, and your pee. There have been some potential leaks in some of the systems that are running out into San Francisco Bay. Some of their um, sewage plants may have some leaks, and they're running out in San Francisco. So basically, what's happening is poop and pee is getting into San Francisco Bay, causing this algae bloom and killing fish and making it unsanitary to be in the bay. Ew. That's San Francisco for you. Oh. They said because of their of there's so much pressure on the system because of 8 million people that use that obviously are getting that because their population is through the roof, right? Imagine getting Oy algae vey. bloom because you've got poop and pee everywhere. Oy vey. I mean that that definitely is the, you know, the the shiz for San Francisco, but anyway, um, you'll like this article, Dylan, Dylan. Snacking is going up through the roof. So, sales reports of Doritos, Cheetos, Ruffles, Popcorners, Smart Food, and Sun Chips have grown by more than double digits in the second quarter of this year. Pirate booty sales are up about 32% this year. And Skinny Pop sales are up about 17% this year. 
According to surveys, more and more Americans are replacing a meal with just snacking. And they said that in 2017, the snack market industry was around $116.6 billion. This year, they say it's going to go in excess of $150 billion, with growth expected by 2027 to be $170 billion. Snacking today, it is pervasive, said Sally Lyons-Watt, executive vice president at the market research company IRI. It's a lifestyle. Um, So remember when it used to be three square meals a day? And and then some people switched over to, like what you should do, eat more meals but smaller meals? Right. Well, now we're doing snacking. And they say... um, They talk about how in the old days you'd want to have a meal prior to heading to work to fuel you through the day. There'd be a midday break to refuel your energy, then a post-work meal. But uh, as things have changed and things like that, snacks have become more mainstream, and people are using that even at times to replace their their meals. And they say that boomers and Gen Xers, which I guess I'm Gen X because that comes after boomers, right? I'm not a baby right. boomer. That's my that's my parents. That's right. the World War II baby boomers. So I'm the Gen X, the 70s and 80s babies. Uh, they tend to indulge in a snack in the afternoon or evening. Uh, millennials snack in the morning. Millennials yep. really did start to change the way in which people eat. You definitely started to see smaller meals and or snacks being consumed through the day. So again... The millennials have changed how we eat. <sighs> anyway, um, those who are picking whole fruits, vegetables, low-fat dairy products, lean protein sources, or are conscious of the portion size or snacks, it can sometimes help them meet certain recommendations or guidelines. But a lot more of it is going into candy, soda, chips, saturated fats, high sodium levels, added sugars. Those can create unhealthy habits, as if anybody didn't already uh, know that. This according to Harvard's public... Harvard School of Public Health's nutritional source. Oh, Lord. Uh, anyway, um, say consumers should read the nutrition nutritional value on the packages. Um, they did something to make it shelf-stable. The important part is to look at food labeling. Um, she said your healthiest option is probably like fruit or vegetables or something like that. Well, good luck with all that. So with that tonight... We've kind of talked about and done some of our favorite snacks before. So tonight's top 10 list. Top 10 most overrated snacks. Dylan, the floor is yours. All right. Let's get uh, started. I'm going to start actually towards the top here. So for me, number one's got to be like nuts. Like just cashews, peanuts. They're not bad. Really? Yeah, they're just boring. Like that's like... If I'm eating, like, peanuts or cashews or almonds or anything like that, and it's not, like... Now, I love, like, chocolate-covered almonds or something like that. So you don't like cashews or... No, I like them. It's just they're overrated as a snack because I feel like if I'm eating just a straight-up dry peanut or almond or cashew or anything like that, I'm on my last resort. I'm on my last so leg. So what, what do you... So you like nuts? Yes. These nuts? <laughs> Anyway. Ha! Got him. <laughs> um, but, okay, so you like different types of nuts. But right. how do you like to eat them then? I like, like, if they're dipped in like, chocolate. 
Oh, for God's sake. Like chocolate covered almonds, chocolate covered peanuts. Like you can't that'll be eat, my first choice. You can't but like, just eat almonds and cashews and peanuts I, and stuff. I can and I have before, but the list is overrated. Okay, I think that's, that's, a, that's overrated. A that's a bad choice. No, it, that's a bad it's choice. overrated. It's dry. It's boring. Like I said, if I'm eating just regular cashews or peanuts or almonds, I'm on my last leg. I'm on my last resort. I of can snacks. understand if it's like Brazilian nuts or something exotic or weird. But what's wrong with a good handful of just cashews and roasted peanuts? There are, and better, there are better snacks out there. Have you ever had, like, dried mango? Dried mango, that is, that's a top yeah, ten snack. Yeah, dried fruits are really bad for you. You know that, right? Are they really? Yes, dried fruits are really bad for you. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, There's oh some, well. That's, that's some of the worst snacks you can have from a health perspective is dried fruits. Oh, oh well. Yeah. I, I love get, dried uh, mango. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, another one, and this one's going to be controversial. As I've grown older... I don't like popcorn as much. I used to like popcorn a lot, but popcorn to me again, it's just kind of dry, boring. It's just uh, the the appeal for me isn't there anymore. As a kid, yeah, I loved it, but like, you know, if you really, if movie, you really you'll want to get popcorn, right? Probably, but maybe not. I might really? get like cookie dough bites or something. Oh, for God's sake. Honestly, and or like something or I'll just you, eat before. What, what most of my most time I eat beforehand. Most time I eat first of all, most time I eat beforehand I go to the movies cuz I ain't paying $25 for yeah, a bucket of popcorn. But, uh, that's also part of the fun and experience of a movie. That ain't fun. Is to drink and eat and all that while you're there. Have something to snack on. Yeah, and there. most of the time, and you know, I know movie theaters where you can bring your own food into the movie theaters. Well, the movies don't care anymore. Again, we did that my whole life growing up anyway. But Yeah, so I'd just rather do that. I'd again, rather bring a whole not, meal in again, the movie. again, you're not going to bring in a bucket of popcorn or a bucket of fried chicken. You know, I, might, the, I might bring in a bucket of KFC. I, if it be, you'd be your ass would be on the, you'd be thrown out, and I'd eat the chicken in front of you. <laughs> but popcorn, it just the appeal for me isn't there anymore. Another one, macaroons. Have you had macaroons yeah, before? Yeah, I mean, I don't I'm really with like you macaroons. On that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. with you on that. Again, just kind of boring. They're yeah. not as dry because they have the filling in the middle. But again, macaroons to me are overrated. Another overrated one, jelly beans. Once you've had jelly beans like once or twice, like. You don't really need jelly beans anymore. I mean, I'd rather I'm, have fruit snacks. I was gonna say, unless it's like Easter or Halloween or something, yeah. is there any reason to eat jelly beans? But I, I, I get your point because they do sell a crap ton of jelly beans, and people snack on those things. Oh yeah, people love jelly beans. Mm-hmm. Another one. Now this one is good for you. I just don't like these, and so I'll say they're overrated. I know a lot of people like them. Bananas. Good for you. I, I get eat a banana. It. I eat at least one banana every day. I know, and I, I and I usually what I do. Usually my first meal of the day, mm-hmm. after I get my podcast done, the first meal of the day is usually for me. I'll cook up some uh, oats, okay, um, either like old-fashioned oats or yeah. rolled oats, or yeah. I'll like I'll, I'll make up a pot of oats, yeah, and I'll put a banana in it, and that's pretty much my meal to start every day. I see. That's a good meal. That's great. I love that for you. That's healthy. Bananas are just too soft. I don't like the texture. Really? Okay, I, uh, I, you can give it to me in a smoothie, and I'll drink it right up. Well, but again, like it's just straight talked, up banana, like, I can't do it. We've talked before. Like I can eat tomato sauce and ketchups and all that kind of, yeah. but I can't eat raw tomatoes. Yeah, I, I, I feel I, you. I, pick I can them. eat on a sandwich, but that's it. I, I can't even do that. I pick mm. them all. I'll, I'll, I won't ask them to go. Sometimes I ask them to go no tomato, but yeah. usually it's just too much hassle. So I've already got it put together. So I'll just yeah. let them put it on there, and I. Pull it off. Pull it right I, off. Yeah, I, I do not like raw tomato at all. Another one that uh, I, I guess you will put this in the snack category. Would you put a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the snack category? I'll let that fly, but that's not overrated. That's 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 as Americana as it gets. Yeah, there ain't yeah. nothing. There are a few there are a few things when you need a meal replacement 
better than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I just don't like the jelly aspect of it. This is nasty. Well, that kind of takes away from the. Then you can just have a peanut butter sandwich. And that's not overrated. I would gladly take a peanut butter sandwich. But peanut butter and jelly is overrated. What's your favorite jelly? I don't, I don't like jelly. I don't like any type of jelly. Really? Nope. Wow. I don't like the texture. How about it's nasty. apple butter? I don't know if I've ever had apple butter. I didn't oh know that was a thing, God. to be honest. Apple butter? You can make butter out of apples? I didn't know that was a thing. Somebody. I knew there was almond butter. Some, somebody do me a favor <laughs> and tweet Dylan about apple butter. I've never had apple butter. I didn't know that was a thing until now. I will say um, another. I know we got to be better with our younger people. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> God almighty, it's so, like, I want to eat that plastic thing in front of me right now. That's how bad it is. Uh, okay, another snack that uh, I believe you'll agree with me is overrated. Maybe not. We'll see. Just original Fritos. Not oh, the chili not the my, chili cheese. My, no, no, it's on my list. Yeah, but original. I, chili cheese is good with me. I, I original is terrible. I don't get the, I don't get the, I unless you are dipping Fritos and stuff. Yes. Scooping with Fritos. Exactly. I, I don't, I I have no desire to eat just Fritos out of a bag. Disgusting. I'm with you. It's on my list. Disgusting. I'm with you on that. Yes. Um, another one is for me. I will put this dried fruit on here, dried apricots. I feel like a lot of people like dried apricots. And yeah, I, don't I see do. The, I don't see the appeal. I, I like I like dried apricots. I like I don't like most dried fruits. I do like dried mango. I do like mm-hmm. dried uh, uh, pineapple. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love dried apricots. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't uh, I, uh, you have to be, I think, of a certain age. Listen, my grandparents yeah. ate dried apricots. Okay. You know, like I'm, you have to be in the fifty to dead demographic <laughs> to enjoy that kind of stuff. Okay, I'm gonna take a little throwback here because I don't even know if people really make this as a snack anymore. Do people still make ants on a log? Ants on a log. I don't even know what that is. That's when you get the celery stick, the peanut butter, and then you put raisins on top okay, of it. Okay, so we didn't do the raisins because that's like putting raisins in, or that's like putting raisins in your potato salad or whatever. And that's disgusting. But celery sticks with peanut butter? Oh. I mean, Now, that's... I can see that, but the raisins part nah, is just, nah, 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 it, it take kills Take the raisins it. off there. It raisins it. in general is pretty close to being overrated. Oh, and that's last on my list, actually. Raisins. Now, look, raisins are terrible. Like chocolate-covered raisins. Nope, not are, even those. You don't like the – oh, my God. I hate raisins. Well, you are a communist, aren't no, you? No, I hate raisins. You know what? At this point, chocolate I Chocolate can't I, even cover up a raisin. At this point, I don't care if anybody under the age of 25 listens at this point. <laughs> I don't care. Raisins are disgusting. Raisinettes. Give me the, a grape. I don't want that, a raisin. Listen, that's the greatest movie snack food of all time is Raisinettes. Ew. What is and what is a Raisinette? Is it a, oh, is a oh baby raisin? God. Oh What's a raisinette? Is that a baby raisin? Oh Somebody please tweet him at <laughs> underscore Dylan Matthews. I've never apple heard of butter and what raisinettes are. I never heard of. Is that a baby oh raisin? Oh my god! First you got you got a you, first of a, a is that a is that a is that a is a raisinette a grape right before it dies? Oh because a raisin is a dried grape, right? Is a raisinette like with a little? Is that have a little grape juice left in it? Is that what a raisinette is? You know, I I really do hate <laughs> young people. Um, <laughs> I really do. Um, anyway, all right, I've got Fritos on my list uh, as well. Um, I'll bet there's going to be some of these that you like, though. Okay. That that you personally would eat. Yeah. Goldfish. I lo- what? The snack Goldfish. that smiles Way back. Overrated. Goldfish. Yeah. No. Wait, especially if you're Heck over no. the age of seven. Goldfish are amazing Goldfish to this are, day. Goldfish are way the pizza-flavored ones, Way too? overrated. Way, way overrated. Uh, pork rinds. Oh, I love pork. They're yeah. terrible for you, but I love them. I never, never got the appeal of, uh, of pork rinds. Um, animal crackers. Amazing. Well, the original animal crackers are nasty because they don't have any flavor to them. It's like right. eating cardboard. 
So I'm with you on there. But like Teddy Grahams with like the Teddy Grahams aren't. Well, that's not the same. It's as not a, the same yeah, thing. So a true yeah. animal cracker. True animal cracker is nasty. Are, yeah. I'm with you. I on mean, that. unless I'm you're dunking you. them in like milk and yeah, softening no. them up and everything. They're they're, they're, they're original gross. animal cracker. Now Teddy Grahams and all that's really good. Yeah, like, I, I'm with you on that. Um, Cheez Its. You have Cheez-Its on your list? Yeah, you can have that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. No. Way overrated. Way overrated. Amazing. Yeah. Um, This one I know you like. Peanut M&M's. Oh, come on now. Pe- I I will get nine times out of ten, I get peanut M&M's from down here every time I'm here. I go downstairs to the eighth floor and get some peanut M&M's. That is probably one of Did the greatest. Did you get them yesterday? Because I saw you, but you didn't actually work or produce. No, it was a day off. That's okay. why I didn't get them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, just plain saltines. Yeah, that's nasty. I, I, that's I, gross. I look. I'll break them in soup. Yep. Or put peanut butter or cheese. Have or, you ever put it uh, like chocolate cake frosting on saltines? That's really good. Chocolate cake frosting. Yeah, like like frosting, chocolate frosting on saltines. Try it. It's good. You get that sweet and salt. It's no, amazing. I, listen, I love saltines in soup and stuff like that. I'm, I'm with. And by the way, saltines because yeah. Give me club crackers. Yeah, give me different. give me um, what is it the uh, the the uh, uh, chicken in a basket, um, those crackers. Mm-hmm. Give me that kind of stuff. Yep, yep, I'm with you. Give me Ritz. I'll take Ritz, but just plain saltines. No, nah, I'm nah, good. I'm with I'm you on, on that. that. Um, you're familiar with this stuff called takis. You don't like ta- well, no. Some some flavor of takis are overrated. I will give you that. Some flavors. Well, takis overall though are good. Nah, they're not. My daughter likes them, so that's that doesn't surprise me. Um. Anything that is flaming hot, chips, <laughs> Doritos, whatever. Nah, Anything to, that if it says flaming hot, I'm out. I used to love a bag of flaming hot Cheetos, nah, man. I'm good. I had I a phase I where I eat those every day. Flaming hot Pringles, flaming hot Doritos, flaming hot this. No thanks. I'm <laughs> I'm good with all the flaming hot. And uh, finally on my list, graham crackers. It's, uh, it depends on like if you it could depends pile on the brand. up a bunch of stuff on them, sure. Yeah, that's true. But just graham crackers by themselves? No. Wait, 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 like the graham crackers you make a s'more with? Yeah. You oh no, those are amazing. Just they by a, themselves? Yes. No thanks. I eat them by them. I, I remember in, no. in like in elementary school when we had to take the CRCT. First off, first off, anybody with s'mores is usually nine and under, but that's a different. I'll eat a s'more right now. I know you would. <laughs> But Again, when we used like to have take the and everything else, when we had to take the M&M. CRCT, they just gave us straight up plain. Gra- they gave us a pack of plain graham crackers, and man, I used to look forward to that snack so much. Yeah, you can have graham crackers. That's I'm good. I'm good. Ginger snaps, I like graham crackers. Ginger snaps nah. are good. All right, hit us up with your list as well. 404-741-0929 at jmch three one six at underscore Dylan Matthews. When we get back, Tori McElhaney joined us earlier in the show. What she had to say as we get ready for Falcons and Saints on Sunday. Sports right now to the game, the Odyssey.com app. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back at it on the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Key Studios Wednesday night with you. For 0-7-4-1-0-9-2-9. that's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media is at 9 to on the game. I'm at JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. Well, we get things cranked up Sunday, week one in the NFL for the Atlanta Falcons at home. Don't forget, the calendar is pretty easy. 9 to 11, myself and Hugh Douglas will be right there on Northside Drive at the Smooth Lot. 
for the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. And then we'll take you up to pregame coverage 11 to 1. That's Harper Bell and Chris Goforth. And, of course, 1 o'clock kick, West Durham and Dave Archer will have the call for all of it. Here to help us figure it all out, let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. She is our friend of the show, covers the Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. Tori McElhaney joins us. And, of course, you can follow Tori on her Twitter page, at Tori underscore McElhaney. As always, Tori, appreciate it. As I'm excited, we are finally here through all the Michigas and everything else, and we're finally ready to play <laughs> football on Sunday. Thank goodness. You know, I, I do love the preseason. I do love training camp, but I only love it for like two weeks and then I'm over it and I'm ready for the season to start. So I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we made it. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. How do, how do I say this? I'm, I guess I'm a little bit having trouble understanding the, the Drake London situation. Um, obviously just getting back into practice and he's had a couple of pretty good days of practice, but it seems like there's a lot of gamesmanship and we had Dukes and Bell had Arthur Smith on the show earlier today. And he talked about, it's going to be Saturday before we have a decision and things like that. I mean, are we really at this point, this close to not having Drake London for Sunday or why does there seem to be so much gamesmanship about his health and his availability on Sunday? You know, I, I I kind of agree with you. It's kind of been a weird situation. I understood holding him back for the preseason. I, I got that. But now we are fully into week one, and we're two days into practice, and he's still limited. And granted, we only see the first 30 minutes of practice, and we only see maybe one drill of 11-on-11 walkthroughs. Nobody's going 100%. And so that's the only part of practice that we see. And he is participating in that. However, we don't know what the rest of practice looks like and what him being quote unquote limited is. But I will say this, it wouldn't surprise me as the week goes on that he, that on the injury report that he is listed as a full participant in the coming days. I don't see, I don't have any indication that he won't be playing on on Sunday because I, I think he looks ready to go. No, I don't. Obviously, looks can be deceiving, but I do think it would, it's probably just a situation where they're just like slowly bringing him back, and then that that they want him a full one hundred percent on Sunday. So it really wouldn't surprise me if they're just working him back, and that we'll see him in full participation on on Thursday or Friday. Tori, the other thing um, that I just well, I, I I know in all this, but Dion Jones going to IR mm-hmm. now. I, you know, obviously he had the shoulder procedure, clean up on the pup list for training camp, can come off at any time, and then he comes in and, and plays a bunch against Jacksonville in the final preseason game, right? But mm-hmm. all of a sudden things turn and he's got to go on short-term IR. What happened? Help me understand how we went from he's off, he's playing, things look good. I never heard a word about he was hurt or re-aggravated anything, and then – it turned into, oh, yeah, he's going to be on IR for the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, it was – I think it pretty much caught everyone not off guard because I think there was always a chance someone comes off of PUP, you don't really know exactly how how far they have progressed in terms of their recovery. Um, but it, it was a situation where I think, like Arthur Smith said on Monday when he was asked about it, he just said – and he was talking about Isaiah Oliver and Deion Jones. He's like, if we did not think that they were – 100% they wouldn't have been put on 
uh, IR. And so I know using the Isaiah Oliver example, I know we talked to Isaiah after the game against Jacksonville, and he said then that he wasn't, he was close to 100%, but he wasn't there yet. So when Isaiah Oliver gets put on IR, that doesn't surprise me. But when we don't talk to Deion Jones after the game and then he's put on IR, it is one of those things that was like, well, did he re-aggravate something? Like, what was the deal? Was he not close to 100% even coming off of Pup and they just needed to get some tape on him in case there are some trade offers out there? I mean, those are things that I think about too. It's like, did you just need to put Deion Jones on film to be like, hey, look, he's working back, he's getting healthy, don't you want to take him off of our hands? I'm not saying that that's what the Falcons are doing, but that's kind of where my mind goes, if I'm being completely honest. And now you get into the season and it's like, okay, he's not at 100%. We tried to, to get some tape out there and no one bit. And so now we're just going to we're gonna put him on, on IR and, and wait four weeks and see where we are then. That's kind of where my head's at with this. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. The only thing that kind of surprised me about the depth chart, I'm not surprised Drew Dahlman won the job, and I know it's close and all that, but I think that there are also other factors that that helped Drew Dahlman. But the one that kind of surprised me a little bit, and I don't know how much of a surprise it is, but Patterson we knew RB1. But Damian Williams as the second running back and Algier as the third. And I know Arthur talked about in preseason all that, well, we don't put rookies you know, at the top, but – Drake London's listed as wide receiver one right now on their list. So they do put, you know, when it is regular season, they will put those guys on there. But were you surprised at all that Algier is kind of listed third? Because I'll be honest with you, I hope we see a lot more out of him on Sunday than even Damian Williams. Yeah, I think a lot of people would probably say that as well because Tyler Algier did have a good preseason. I think you were really, really excited when you watched Tyler Algier in the preseason because you saw – the player that the Falcons want him to be when they drafted him. That being said, you do go out in free agency and you get Damian Williams, and we know kind of what Damian Williams can do and, and what he's good at. And But the problem with Damian Williams is also the similar problem with Cordero Patterson, which is not a problem, but they're just older. You're not going to run CP and Damian Williams out there much in the preseason at all. So we really did, were never going to get a good – view of what this run game looks like with CP and Damian Williams as number one and number two, because the Falcons were never going to run them out there. So I think when you look at this run game, there are still a lot of questions that I have about the rotation, about how many carries certain guys are going to get, what it's going to look like, how well they do. I mean, all those, all of those are still questions that I very much have because in the preseason, we saw Tyler Alger, Quadre Allison, and Caleb Huntley. We did not see Cordero Patterson and Damian Williams, who you assumed going into the season were going to be your ball carriers, your number one and number two. So it didn't surprise me that that's how the depth chart fell. But I also will say this, that I, I'm not saying at all that we're going to see Damian Williams more than Tyler Algier or vice versa. I think that's just kind of where they put them in the, on the depth chart. I really don't make a lot of depth chart decisions, um, but I, I think that we are still going to see a good amount of Tyler Algier because I think he's earned those live reps. I really do. Well, depending on how it goes, maybe they'll ask you to do some more of it. But anyway, um, one other <laughs> one other roster thought. Um, is Ogundaje going to start on Sunday at the other outside linebacker spot with Carter? Because he's listed 
right now as their starter over Arnold Ebicady. Yes. Yeah, no. Ade Ogundeji is 100% in my mind the starter opposite Lorenzo Carter. Um, and that has never been something that has wavered for me throughout the preseason. Um, I think Ade Ogundeji has done a really good job. We've seen, I think we've seen a lot of growth from him. I think back to the second game of the preseason in New York where we did actually get to see more of the first-team defense. And I really liked what I saw from Ade Ogundeji when he was out there. I felt like he was always around the ball. And, and I, I think that Ade Ogundeji is someone that gets overlooked a lot because you do, you're talking about a guy who was a later-round draft pick last year and then had some rotational roles here and there throughout the year. Honestly, played more as the year went on last year as he got more comfortable in the league. But you talk about Arnold Ebiketti, who is your second-round draft pick, who you went up, you traded up to get, and everybody's like, oh, well, we need to see Arnold Ebiketti. I'm not 100% sold on that yet. I think Ade Ogundeji deserves that starting spot right now. I'm not saying that in week 15 we don't see Arnold Ebiketti in a starting role. But for right now, I feel like Ade Ogundeji, it, it's his spot to lose. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. So as we look to this matchup, um, you know, I'm going to be laser focused on what this offensive line does to hold up against Davenport and Cam Jordan. Now, this is a team that had 46 sacks last year. Those two guys at 21 and a half. They feel pretty confident that the five guys that they've picked up front can can handle that. Are they going to have to get a little bit more creative on offense or you know, one other way you can slow that down is run the football effectively. <laughs> well, I think it will. I mean, you talk about running the football effectively. I think what we have seen from Marcus Mariota and what we know of Marcus Mariota, I don't, he's not the type of guy who's going to stand in the pocket. And if it collapsed, he's not going to be able to escape it. Like, I think that's something, and this is not me saying anything bad like, about Matt Ryan at all. But Marcus Mariota is a different type of quarterback, and if the pocket closes in on him and he doesn't have an option to throw it away, he's going to tuck it and he's going to run and he's going to get some yards because he has that athletic ability and that speed to do so. So with that being said, I think that adds a certain layer to what you can do offensively, but also at the exact same time talking about the offensive line I do think when I look at this offensive line right now, where they are right now, comparatively speaking to where they were at this time last year, I feel more confident in this offensive, in this starting five that you have right now. Now, could I change my tune after they face the saints? Sure. Of course. Uh, But for right now, I feel okay with the group that they have presented us through through training camp and it'll be really really interesting going back to talking about the run game you know for the most part like run the run game in and of itself like you really don't get to see the full scope of it until you get to week one you see it periodically throughout the three preseason games but you think about the last preseason game that starting offensive line did not play we don't know what that would have looked like so with that being said there are still so many questions about what this team is going to look like come when they put the pads on and get out there on Sunday. Last thing, Tori. Um, I think another matchup that's going to be interesting, uh, you know, in reading a lot and, and talking to a couple of Saints, you know, people, I do think Michael Thomas is going to play on Sunday. I think he's going to make his, yeah. you know, first start back in you know, a couple of years now. You know, that obviously adds another dynamic, but, 
you know, Kamara's been a guy who's killed this team historically, catching the ball out of the backfield. It is going to be interesting to see how much of a dynamic Michael Thomas can bring to how the Falcons are going to defend the Saints' offense. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you think about – I mean, when I look at the Saints, I, I see a lot of weapons for Jameis Winston. I, I really do, and I think a lot of people – look at the Saints and, and they see that they can do a lot of different things offensively. And there are a lot of skill players on there that are really, I mean, they're effective. And I, I when I think about what the challenge is, I mean, this is one, this is a pretty significant challenge for this Falcons defense. That's trying to change the way that people think about defense in Atlanta, something that Dean Pease has harped on this off season and this preseason. I think this is a really good challenge and test for where this secondary is especially the secondary I mean we can talk about pass rush all day long and there's a lot of work that needs to go into that to be better than what it was in 2021 but let's just talk about the secondary I've been talking about the secondary and how strong I think that group is all preseason and all training camp I mean with AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward and Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant, those two guys finally getting a chance to, to play alongside each other. I mean, this is a group in, in the secondary that I'm excited to see and have been for a while. What do they do when they're faced with this the, these skilled players and these weapons that the Saints have? I'm curious to see that. And I think it's a really good marker of where this defense is because the Saints offense is going to go out and they're going to move the football. So how do you stop it? How do you get off the field on third downs? Can you force turnovers? All of those things are going to be so important on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think it's a big game to get off on the right foot uh, at home. So we will uh, we will see it happens. Uh, check out her work at AtlantaFalcons.com. Head there and uh, read all of her good work that she does there. Follow her on her Twitter page, at Tori underscore McElhaney. We'll be talking to Tori every Wednesday throughout the NFL season to preview the Falcons' upcoming game, and she joined us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Tori's always appreciated. Man, I'm uh, I'm with you. I'm glad we're finally at a regular season. Let's get this thing underway, and, you know, let's get going on this season. I've, I've had enough of the prognostications and the, you know, paralysis. I've got a paralysis from analysis, so ready to play some football on Sunday. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Finally, we'll have something real to talk about. Yeah, appreciate it, Tori. Thank you so much. So, Thank and again, you. we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.